Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. I'm so excited to welcome Amber to the show. Welcome, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. What is your question for me today? Well, I have a lot of stuff going on. Um, I divorced and been divorced for four years and have two teenagers and their dad is getting married before the end of the year. And a lot of discussion with a lot of divorcees about if you should put your spouse in marriage, your new spouse in marriage above your children and everyone is free to make their own choice, Mm -hmm. obviously, and have their own beliefs and stuff regarding that, but I, my kids therapist shared her opinion with me and I just don't agree. And that's hard. And a lot of stepmoms that weren't married before that married a man that had children before, or, you know, like they want their marriage to be first. Everyone wants to be chosen first. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And I understand those things, but children are dependent on you and you're responsible for them. They didn't ask to be born and adults like they can take care of themselves. So I feel like our responsibility is to our kids. Mm -hmm. And I've deliberately chosen not to date because I didn't want to add one more thing to the stress and change and trauma that my kids have been going through since our divorce. And because they're having that on the other side with their dad and I needed to be the stability and security and safety that they so desperately needed and deserve after the trauma that they didn't ask for either. Yeah. But I'm just getting a lot of different feedback and wondering, should you prioritize your spouse and marriage above your children? And if you have children from a previous relationship, at what point do you switch from your kids as your priority to this other person as your priority? And I've been even wondering, like, is it inflammatory and unhelpful to even suggest that we need a hierarchy. Would it be better if we just said you need to prioritize these relationships in your life if you want them to be healthy and successful? Like you don't have to put one above the other necessarily. And I would just love to know your thoughts, what your experience working with so many families and marriages and research that you've seen, what you would advise to someone in my position. Well, it sounds like you've already decided what your position is. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, so you're just kind of wondering like theoretically what I think. Yeah. And just okay. what you would tell other people in my situation that are divorced, you know, mm-hmm. because nobody wants to be alone and we all want to do most of us, you know, mm-hmm. want to do what's right by our children. And so I feel like it's a hard thing. A lot of people think it's selfish if you put your relationship above your kids. And I, you know, I get that kids grow up and, and move out and stuff. And I feel like at that time I can think about it or worry about it. Like their needs come first. My kids have some more struggles than normal. I would say that my Mm -hmm. son has ADHD and autism and 
my daughter has struggled with anxiety, particularly since the divorce. And so there's a lot more going on in their lives that they need extra support and, and all of that. But I just wonder for most of us that get divorced and that should we ever prioritize someone before our kids? So what I think you're really asking is, is my ex-husband doing the wrong thing? Here's my thing is like, I don't care if he gets married and moves. Like, I don't care. You get married and everything like that. But I guess the moving thing is what is the issue because he's, you know, he said that his, his girlfriend will not move. And that, I mean, he even asked me if I would move (laughs) Mm. and then he asked or, you know, and then he said, you know, the last resort worst case scenario would be giving up our kids for only every other weekend, giving up his 50, 50 custody Mm -hmm. for just every other weekend. And that broke my kids' hearts Mm -hmm. to feel like their dad, that that was even an option that he would choose to get married and move away instead of spend as much time with them as possible. Yeah. I'm trying to support them and validate in that, but I just like, I don't understand where the compromise is in, in my ex and his fiance, I don't know if they're engaged, but the, his mm-hmm. girlfriend's relationship that why my children have to be the ones to sacrifice right. for their relationship. Right. So you are trying to figure out something that you can't control or figure out. The answer is because that's what he's choosing. Is it right? Is it hurtful? Is it like, it's hurtful right? It sounds like your kids are hurting. And so I think the question that you can control that have some say in is how do you support your children with whatever your ex chooses? Because you have no control over what he chooses and he may choose to hurt your kids. Yeah. But yeah, he doesn't see it that way. And even Mm -hmm. the therapist said, you know, that in her experience and research that she, you know, that self comes first and then the marriage and spouse and then the children. And I have a bachelor's in child and family studies. I, a clinical mental health counseling grad student. I, I was taught that same hierarchy except for with divorce, Hmm. because after there is a nest or death of a spouse that after the marriage, there is, is over. There's, the children to prioritize and their needs. And then, so I guess like I've sacrificed a lot for my kids. Yeah. And I'm lonely and I hate it. I don't want to be alone. And maybe I just need to be happy doing what I think is best for my kids because I don't, I can't imagine someone being amazing enough to disrupt the little sacred bond that the three of us have. Yeah. And you get to choose that, right? And some people choose to be in relationships and co-parent and and it's just, it's an individual decision. Personally, I wouldn't want to disrupt my children. I haven't been through a divorce personally, but I've been through it as, as an adult child. I wouldn't want my kids to suffer, but I also think I'm not a fan of hierarchies. In general, I think you can be in a relationship and be mindful of that and be mindful of your kids' needs. I don't think it's an either or. Okay. 
I'm big on the word and, you know, yeah, yeah, me too. (laughs) Like we can hold these, we can hold space for these things at the same time. And, but not everyone can. Right. And whether your ex can or not is not something that you can control. And he might choose to do something that hurts your kids, whether your therapist thinks it's the right thing or not, whether you think it's the right thing or not. So what you can control is how do you support your kids through this? And are you going to decide to do the and and be in a relationship and take care of your children? Or are you going to wait until they're grown? And, you know, that's just a, a personal decision that everybody has to make. Right. And I guess I did for a second consider moving and stuff, but I have an autonomic nervous system disorder Mm -hmm. that has made me disabled. And my doctor's up at the U, the only one in the entire state, I can't move, you know, and my, my son just got into a charter school for kids with ASD and I'm really excited and happy for him. He really needs that and stuff. So like, that's not an option. And it does feel like it comes down to, you know, you can move and get married or you can give up custody of your kids. And well, I'm, I'm going to challenge, I'm going to push back a little bit. Is he giving up custody or he's giving up 50, 50 custody for. He's giving up 50, 50 for just every other weekend. Okay. Which, which is what a lot of people do. Like that's not an uncommon, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just going to be a change for your kids. Some people, that's just how it is from the beginning of the divorce. Right. So he's not giving up custody. It sounds like he's decreasing his amount of time with them, which is really painful for them. Yes. And I, I feel some anger and resentment about that because Mm -hmm. I, those responsibility for parenting then falls far more on me as I have to take care of all of their school stuff, all of their homework, all their transportation appointments, therapy, lessons, mills, chores, and the parenting happens in all of that time, those moments. Yeah. It's a um, lot. Yeah. And like, how do I do that when I'm, I have my health issues that is like a part-time job and then I, I have to work and I have to, you know, like I, and he has flexibility and makes way more money than I would make. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, and I, (laughs) so I don't know how I'm going to do it. Okay. So how can you build in the support that you need. Is he going to be paying child support now that you will be having the kids more often if this works out as you think it's going to? Yeah, we would go have an attorney adjust our decree to reflect the change in the custody schedule and to increase the amount of child support. Okay. That's good. I mean, that's, it's not the same as having a co-parent, right? But it's something that you can work with to get some support. And so it's not right. Not the practical and all the financial burden on you. Right. And I guess it's more the practicality logistics of it though. Like I've, I've connected with some other moms because we have to transport our kids to the charter school for the Mm -hmm. kids that have autism. And so a few of us moms have gotten together to carpool and I'm so grateful for that and think that I can make all of that work, but I, I don't qualify for disability or social security income because I was a stay at home mom before my divorce and not paying into the system. Mm -hmm. And then I do receive some alimony, but it's, it's not enough to live, but the government views it as unearned income 
And so it's been this thing that like, I have to find at least a part-time job now. And I had to take a medical leave from school that then I am dying to finish, but I don't know if I physically could do my practicum and internship yet. And so I don't know if I'll be able to find a job with the flexibility that would let me leave to go pick up my kids from school. Cause even if someone's picking up my son, I still have to pick up my daughter. Yeah. So building in support, finding carpools for your daughter, carpooling with your son, looking for a flexible job, doing school part-time, like all of these things are the things that you have a say in. And I think that's where you can focus your time and energy is how do I build up this robust support system so I and my children can thrive no matter what ex-husband does. Right. And I guess therein lies the real crux of the issue because my support system is just really extremely small. I don't have contact with my family. Mm. There was a lot of dysfunction and hurt there. And that was, sorry. it took 20 years to finally make the decision that I just couldn't do it anymore. And I actually kept going back and staying so much because I felt such a responsibility to honor my parents and families are forever, you know, and Mm. the church and that, and a lot of guilt and shame. And I finally just was like, it wasn't my responsibility as the child in the the family to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had to give it up and move on for me. And I do feel peace. Good. Good. That's a hard thing to do. Do you have friendships or other relationships that are your family now? Not many. I, because of my disability and stuff, I haven't been able to do much. Like I can't I can't stand up and shower. (laughs) I have to have a shower chair. I can't go grocery shopping. So like I can't go and do things and and foster relationships. Mm -hmm. I try to offer support and stuff to friends from here the best that I can. But I'm also, I've also stepped away from the church recently and Mm -hmm. don't have that community that, that would help or even feel comfortable asking for that help. So you feel really, really isolated and alone. Yeah. And, and your ex-husband moving is just one more burden. Not that your kids are a burden, but more responsibility. Yeah. On so you much responsibility. To handle alone. Yeah. And that feels really heavy. Yes. And I think the hardest thing is that, like, I didn't choose the divorce. I didn't yeah. see it coming. Mm. He just one morning told me <laughs> we need to talk. and. I filed for divorce yesterday and that was it. It was shocking to me and my children. We didn't have a contentious relationship. Things are really high conflict now and difficult, but his family, you know, I was in their family for 14 years and Mm -hmm. they made it very clear that they were choosing their son and like just texting his sister to ask about Christmas gifts and stuff. She was, they, you know, are like, why is, why is Amber calling us and texting us? He's like, I don't know. I'll remind her we're divorced. Like, it's just really, Mm, really painful. Yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing a therapist to support you? I am. Yes. Okay. I'm a really good good therapist. So good. Good. And my, my suggestion to you is to really focus on building up your support system. 
whether that's because you've left your the church support system, you've left your family support system. So what else can you build in? Can you invite neighbors over to your house if you can't leave the house? Can right. you host a game night? Can you like what can you do that's in your control that's realistic to build up those relationships that you are going to need in order to thrive with your kids? So you may have to get really creative and get out of your comfort zone and and think, you know, outside of the box. But yeah. that's that's I think the thing that's missing right now for you. And maybe that's looking into other churches. Maybe that's join, you know, joining a online support group. There're just lots of things you you can do even though you're it feels like you're so limited. Yeah. I'm I'm just a firm believer there are always there are ways to figure out and get your needs met. Yeah. I guess I did have an experience not too long after my divorce was having health issues and we found a massive tumor in my femur and I'm waiting for mm. the results of that. And thankfully it was benign. But right after that, my two best friends of 12 years told me that my life was too heavy, inconvenient, and it brought them down too. Mm. Ouch. And that they didn't, that that was toxic and they didn't want that. And I, you know, as with the mental health stuff and that, like, of course I'm like, you know, heartbroken as a person, yeah. but I said, yeah. you know, like you need to do what's right and best for you and your mental health. And, you know, I wish you all the best. And then, so. Mm. So you don't have a lot of confidence that you can do that. Yeah. You can build that up. Yeah. Yeah. Have you talked with your therapist about that? Yes. We, we've talked a lot about that. I, and I do, and I do have some really great friends. I do. Mm still but like and i recognize though that my needs are great yeah. and they have marriages and children and yeah. careers that they need to prioritize and right. i understand that and i yeah. you know wouldn't expect that but i also like even the dating thing like if i if that was something that i even wanted to do like like it feels ridiculous who would want to it would be like getting applications for my caregiver. Like I don't have mm. something to bring mm. to the relationship or the table. And I feel like that with friendships too, like I can't help you. I'm just surviving. And I don't feel like that's fair to do to people Yeah, or they would want to, or they'd be sane if they did, they wouldn't. Well, be. <laughs> but I think there's a difference between expecting someone to rescue you and expecting a friend to be supportive when they can. Yeah. Right. Like no one's going to come and rescue you. Yeah. Right. Right. But you can build up relationships that can provide support. And even if it's very diversified, right, you might have the carpool group and you might have your son's carpool group and you might have, you know, people at school or where you get your needs met in lots of different places or you ask for help in lots of different places. And so if you're expecting someone to rescue you, that's not going to happen. And that feels heavy for people. Yeah. But I if you expect think some- I came to terms with that okay. <laughs> real quick after the divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know that, okay, like this is, I got to do this, you know, yeah. but I do miss feeling part of a team. I bet. That was 
I really miss that. The responsibility yeah. and weight of parenting and stuff is really hard. Um, even yeah. though they still have a dad, it is a really hard relationship and parallel parenting is the best that we can do. Yeah. Um, I can't make it be something that it's not, you know, and right, right. All of that. But also, um, you know, I I really value deep, close emotional connections with people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that people necessarily want that the same way that I do. And mm-hmm. also that I was really hurt. Yeah. And it feels really scary. I bet. I bet. To, you know, between my family, my husband, and these friends to feel like yeah. people are are good and worthy of trust and yeah. and mean what they say, you know. Um yeah. it's gonna take a, a while for someone to build trust with you, for you to build trust with them. Do you have any suggestions for how to like is it just I just have you know like facing anxiety or something like you just have to do it yeah I mean no people so I love what Brene Brown says about trust she says it's like a marble jar and trust is built by little things over time that build up so if you're dropping thing marbles in a jar every time someone checks in on you or asks how you're doing or drops by to say hi, or, you know, whatever that is, calls you or texts you or says something nice on Facebook, whatever. Those just drop marbles in the jar. And over time, that jar fills up. And that's how trust is built a little bit over a period of time. So people earn trust by being trustworthy over time. Okay. And I should... (laughs) So you know really you should hard. not try you should not just go oh everybody's going to be great you know so it's okay to be a little cautious and over time that trust can be built is the fear always going to be there though that they'll throw this jar of marbles on the floor one day i can't answer that but i all i can say is that i've worked with people and I've been through really heartbreaking things, N- nothing like you're going through. So I don't mean to compare at all, but over time you can work through things. So that fear may not go away entirely, but it won't be running the show. Okay. 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 So what I want you to, to think about from our session is being creative about how you can start to develop that trust with more people starting today. Okay. That might be inviting a neighbor over for dinner. It might be whatever, just even brainstorm a list and write down, okay, I could do this. I could join this online support group for people who have my same disability. I could join a a support group for parents who have kids with autism. I can just make a list and brainstorm ways that you can start building a support system because it sounds like, you know, from what you say, your husband is going to move and you're going to have more of the burden and you, you're going to need more of a team effort. Right. Okay. Yeah. How do I get over the like feeling that I deserve friends and help? 
when I don't feel like I can offer them much in return. I feel like I do try to offer a lot and it's not always reciprocated or can mm-hmm. be, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, that will probably go like decrease with time and practice. Okay. Just like testing it out, finding right. people. There aren't a lot of people who want really deep relationships like you do. I will. I like those too. And there aren't a lot of people who want those. They're really not. It's- and so you got to find, but it's okay to have people on different levels. Right. You really just need like a couple that can go really deep with you. And the others you can do socially, or you can talk about kids, or you can talk about decorating your house or whatever it is. And so it's okay to have shallow, medium, and deep. Right. Not everybody's going to be deep. You yeah. just need a couple of those people. And I guess I just, you know, like I had that in my spouse, or at least thought I did. Yeah. And then these friends, and I haven't had that, you know for, you know, years now. And yeah, so it's probably really hard to trust. And it's going to be a leap to even let someone drop a marble in your jar. But the other choice is not very good, right? (laughs) What I'm doing is not great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, you can do this. And I'm really glad you're working with a therapist to help you through, because you've been through a lot of loss, a lot of loss. And that's, that's, it's hard to process that. So I'm so glad that you're getting help and your kids have help. Yeah. I'm really grateful and really great therapists that have been working with us and, you know, to heal from the trauma and loss, grief. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So brainstorm how you're going to build more of a support system and then start reaching out and let people drop those marbles in. And you to them too, right? Like you need to, and there are things you can do. You can text someone and say, How, how's your day going? You know, yeah. Or remembering their birthday or whatever it is. You yeah. can do things even with the constraints that you're dealing with. Okay. okay. Thank you so much, Julie. You are welcome, Amber. Thanks so much for being willing to talk with me today. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.